0: Courageous. Brilliant. Thorough. Relentless. These are just a few words to describe award-winning investigative journalist Linda Moulton Howe and the reason why she was recently honored in Los Angeles with a coveted Lifetime Achievement Award at the 14th Annual Conscious Life Expo. Shortly after she accepted that honor, I had the privilege of sitting down with Linda to discuss some of the many facets to that which she has spent years dedicating her professional career to, and that's the mystery we call the ET UFO phenomenon. In the short 30 minutes we had to talk, we managed to get into an area as elusive, if not more so, than all of those other facets to this great mystery, something she calls embedded beings. What are they? And why are they seemingly implanting themselves into a number of human beings walking this earth? And although we came to no definitive conclusion during our discussion, I think it's fair to say we managed to keep the topic open for future inquiry and exploration. pleasure Linda to finally be sitting down with you and right on the heels of your receiving the lifetime achievement award at the ancient aliens panel tell us about that
1: congratulations oh thank you it, it is a conscious life expo and ancient aliens award mm-hmm. and I uh, am in a way to me it's ironic because 2016 to me feels like the beginning mm-hmm. like we are uh, we've done all this hard work some of us for a very long time and finally it feels like we're close to that world announcement we're not alone in the universe and it doesn't matter if it's microbes by Mars swimming creatures and Enceladus it really doesn't matter what it is we have to get cracked through this uh, we'll call it a paradigm that has been held on this planet for more than 5,000 years that we are the only life we have the only intelligent life, once that is cracked open, it takes pressure off of science. Science Scientists can now start dealing with the fact that we have an alien presence on this planet throughout the solar system. And so that award yesterday, it means a great deal, but it does feel like it's not the end of anything, it's It's the the beginning. beginning, of a paradigm shift. And this has been... um, an exciting weekend because everybody, the researchers I've known for a very long time and those that are coming in more new, we have had some of the most substantive discussions because now people are not afraid to talk about hybridization, uh, the fact that we're dealing with more than one type of intelligence with different agendas. So the discussion is closer to what I think the reality is, Mm -hmm. whether the government likes it or not. And part of Conscious Life Expo and Ancient Alien and presenting Mm -hmm. me with the Life Achievement Award, I've been in every one of the seasons of Ancient Aliens and I've been to nearly all of the 14, this is the 14th Conscious Life Expo. Mm -hmm. That's correct. over those, let's say, uh, not 10 and 14 years, there has been such an evolution within the content of Conscious Life Expo absolutely and Ancient Alien. Yeah, we have
0: discussed that. If, if I can just interject, yeah. you're absolutely right, Linda. This is my fifth year covering the Expo, and even in that short period of time, I dare say there has been a paradigm shift in terms of what I would call a convergence of discussion. As you know, 14 years ago, the discussion here was leaning more toward the uh, new age in a classical sense. Uh, The conspiracy, I don't believe there was much room for that. And we have seen really an astronomical convergence of these discussions, inclusive of which is the quote ET UFO phenomenon. So I agree with you wholeheartedly. It's exciting. It's not being discussed as if
1: maybe uh, there's no longer any layer of satire. There's no longer any room for ridicule. Things have shifted astronomically at NASA and JPL with what we're doing in Ceres, Pluto. The fact that just four weeks ago, a Neptune-sized gaseous planet is confirmed by gravitational attraction about a half a light year away. So our entire solar system is being redefined. And the fact that there is so much water on a moon of Saturn, Enceladus. Mm -hmm. And it isn't just a lot of water. They now know that at the bottom of that water, the temperature is 194.5 degrees Fahrenheit. That means that here is 30 miles of water on this moon orbiting Saturn. You combine water and heat, and the heat is coming from radioactive particles at the center of this moon. It's almost, as one uh, scientist said to me, it's almost guaranteed there's going to be something that's lot, Absolutely. Now, water on a moon
0: around Saturn. All we need now is confirmation. Right. And I think that confirmation, you know, we talk about this, this word we call proof, and uh, Dr. Dean Radin, it's a phenomenal thing. I have to bring this up. He says, the only place you will find proof is in mathematics and in alcohol. <laughs> and I love that because I think that is so apt. I really think, and we could go off on a tangent there, but I really think part of the human frailty is in this desire for proof in the way that we're used to seeing it. And this is going to be our segue point because I think the proof or the, um, the corroboration with the myriad of accounts that you've taken, Linda, uh, the experiencer aspect, mm-hmm. I really think is what's gonna push this over the edge and that you may or may not know in, in my show, I've covered a, good, a great deal on the phenomenon, that I always put in quotes, ETUFO phenomenon, but the experiencer aspect has always been very um, profound to me because, first of all, there are just too many accounts. They come in all different shapes, forms, colors, sizes, beings. What I'd like to zone in on with the short time that we have today, and we are going to do a part two and put okay. it on the record right now because it's just too much to cover, are the, what you've called the embedded beings. Yeah. These are accounts that you have gathered. And I think perhaps you stumbled upon this. Uh, I'm going to let you take yeah. it from there and let's, let's get into that a little bit. There aren't many, but the first was a
1: phone call to me when I was uh, living and working in Denver, and I had produced a strange harvest. Mm-hmm. As uh, director of special projects at the CBS station there and because it was looking at animal mutilations and I have was interviewing people who were ranging from ranchers to scientists saying uh, their sheriffs were saying the perpetrators are creatures from outer space the question would be why why would there be a harvest of all of this tissue from the animals and that was leading to discussions about the types of beings and even back then It was discussed as prime intelligence that has some need, whether it's survival or whatever it is, making androids to do work on this planet in this specific gravity, this specific atmosphere, everything about the small androids, the small beings that people had reported, would be in an android category. So that leads to a phone call that came to me in, this would have been 1987, Mm -hmm and it was from a massage therapist in Boulder and she said I hesitated I didn't know who to call but I saw your television program Strange Harvest and you need to know what happened to me today and she had a man on the massage table and she had her hands doing this on the pectoral muscles and something froze her. The man's eyes are closed, but she now can't move her hands or her arms. She does not know what's happening. And they coming up out of the man in a translucent, think of translucent, you can see through something, it's not clear, but you can see through it. Mm-hmm. A translucent gray being rises up through her fingers, her hands, the man's chest, into the air. She literally cannot move, she cannot speak. And the being, she can watch, she can see it, rises, and as far as she knows, it went through the ceiling and disappeared. As soon as the being went through the ceiling, her hands, her paralysis came back. And she was so disoriented, she didn't ask the man anything. Well, that's the thing. Oblivious, it seems. Totally yeah. not I'm unaware, right? So now, this is hard to believe, but this is the way the universe sometimes works. The very next day, I get another phone call from another massage therapist doing Reiki in uh, it was Memphis, Tennessee, and he calls. He knew me from a conference that I had attended, and he called. And he said, you will not, believe, so now it's a man, you will not believe what happened today. And it was a man also on the table, so it's a man doing Reiki to a man. The same exact thing. Hands frozen, gray being coming up out of the man, disappearing into the ceiling. I've got these bookends within two days. And I remember thinking, what are we dealing with because I already was trying to accommodate the idea of androids that would be placed on this earth to do work for something that could be in the far ends of the universe. But what are the technological abilities of these androids if in fact they could somehow embed themselves inside of a human who would be completely unaware and that believing in a massage the person on the table themselves had no reaction. It was to massage therapists who saw this. Girl. Mm-hmm. So it went for what, from the, the mid '80s all the way to 2015. I never had another case in between. And 2015, I get a call. This is a woman in Chicago, mm-hmm. and she had she's been a massage therapist for 15 years so she never had anything occur like this and this was last year and it was a, a woman uh, high-end chicago long lacquered nails uh, beautiful clothes scheduled a massage the client the client, uh, the client uh, yeah. had scheduled and everything is normal and she ha- was behind in this case the woman is on the table and whether or not the positions of the hands, what is happening in the massage, does something in terms of frequency mm-hmm. that then causes the beam to be released, that's what this woman wonders. But she had her hands right at the moment in the back bone area where the neck and the top of the spine meet. Mm-hmm. And that's where her fingers, that's where she was massaging. When, and the woman's eyes are closed, up comes out of this body a full blown grey she said it was the kind of thing and I can relate to this it's so astonishing that you don't even act in fear you don't have a reaction because sometimes astonishment takes the mind to an area where there's no background and so she's just watching as this full blown gray, and drew, she drew such beautiful illustrations. I would love to
0: see. Do you have They're pictures? an All in Earth file. Okay. I'd be happy you can,
1: uh, I would get my to them and can see them have them. Graphics and you can put them on the video. Yes. And this is the part that, that, that now is eerie weird. She's in astonishment, and the woman's phone, iPhone, that the massage therapist, at the beginning, before she said she just went through this was routine. Let's make sure that your iPhone is down, it's turned off because I don't want the massage to be interrupted. She had seen this, and the iPhone goes off. It's doing its buzzing ring, and the uh, there is a two, three, four buzzing rings, and then the, it goes off. The woman never woke up, never said anything. Once again. And the, the, the gray thing was there the whole time and then when the buzzing went off, the gray disappears, as she said, it re out in the air. And then just like the other two. Do I ask this woman? Are you aware that some kind of a great being is in you and just came up? So she, she actually asked the client and... She, no, she, she says she's thinking. She's thinking. thinking yes. she, mm-hmm. And she decided not to. Oh. Had no so, discussion. But then the woman comes up out of the massage because her iPhone came up. And now they have a discussion about what in the world happened. Why would your iPhone go? She thinks... This is very interesting coming from the massage therapist who knows nothing about you ET, she said, the remarkable coincidence of everything that happened made her wonder if there was an electromagnetic frequency change, whether it was the massage, that caused the gray to leave and interacted with an iPhone, an electromagnetic device, that from a human point of view could not have been interacted with but we're dealing with frequencies and dimensional changes that something happened in that room in which the phone is
0: the absolute proof that something interacted on an electromagnetic spectrum. absolutely it served as a catalyst yeah i, I want to really and that's important yeah it's a you know, sure, magnetic change in one that of room. my questions to you linda was in terms of the f- frequency being so integral to how we live our lives. There's two points I want to make here, because audience, you can already see that there are striking correlations, and I'm sure there's several more cases that you could discuss, but let's just if, take if these three. Up, I only have these three. Yeah, and I have one, maybe we can share oh, offline, okay. which is what drew me to want to talk about this, a massage therapist, a very similar story. But let's look at a, a few of these correlations. First, let's take a look at, the, the in one case, a Reiki therapist. Uh, a practitioner and two massage therapists and the fact that when these encounters happened there was sort of a suspense of time, uh, a paralysis even, right. an altered state. That's right. So here was a question that I had for you in that regard. Obviously this isn't happening. We have no idea how many massage therapists or other practitioners this is happening here. I have a feeling a lot more than we think. But could it be that those therapists on some level maybe experiencers themselves may not you know, there's a there's a term that our friend Mary Rodwell uses which is called screen memory or really just uh, you know the absence of any memory whatsoever could it be that those particular therapists are engaging in that kind of an experience because they have some sort of a uh, a tie to that to that experience that's question number 1 Question number two, and I don't know if we can tie these together, but the fact that the client in each and every case is oblivious, seemingly, to the encounter, and the fact that the practitioner, in the last case you said, uh, thought about bringing it up but decided not to. There's some sort of a connection. These are not arbitrary. The individual's involved. Do, do you understand what I mean? Yes, because the grays have
1: to be Whichever these androids are, whatever the prime intelligence is that made it and controlled them, they have to be in those three bodies for some reason, in your case. Then it's the issue is it that the practitioner, the massage person, has had some sort of an experience with non humans that has some kind of a frequency we don't know? But it makes me think about uh, when I was doing the animal. Sorry, I'm suffering from a cold.
0: Take your time.
1: Um, when we were running and doing TV documentaries back in the 1979, 80, 81, we were double system, which means you've got a camera, you have a, not, you have to have a cor, uh, cord, that link, the two. That's why they would do the clap sticks. So you would have sync. That means that your cameraman and your audio man are working like a ballet team mm-hmm. recording. Mm-hmm. And the crystal sync, if anything electromagnetically would affect this operation, we wouldn't be able to function. And that included these battery belts that crews had to wear. That's the way it was. You would you lived and died on these backpacks. I So a guy who was working with me on a documentary said he had just come off a shoot for the brand new 2020 in New York. And it was about the deaths, the strange deaths of animals out in the Midwest. No blood, no tracks. And he said, Linda, you know what a stickler you are of having me keep my battery belts charged so that we can work. And he said, we were working with the New York Network crew and we would get out to where there was a case of one of these animals, not a single battery belt. They had to shut down operation. And when they would drive out a certain distance from the animals, then everything would operate. He said it was spooky, weird, eventually ABC canceled. They, hmm. they dropped this because they were having so many technical problems. It raises the same exact issue as in the, what's going on Absolutely. in the body, on the massage and this person. It is another example. There has to be electromagnetic interference yes. focused around, now we're talking about a dead and inflated animal, that they couldn't keep battery packs that's, going. That's hard physical
0: evidence. Absolutely. Electro magnetic frequency interference. interference I'm also thinking of the crop circles and measurements that have been taken there and the fluctuations I, I you just reminded me of a point that I wanted to bring up as far as frequency the altered states in which these in, massage therapy will probably the step in that encounters take place the frequency of the client as well as the practitioner, as well electromagnetic, right? right? There's some sort of an interaction right. with the human electromagnetic field, perhaps, and the digital electromagnetic field that's allowing these emergences to take place. And look at all the abductees. This is a fact.
1: You said, what are, what are the characteristics of people with human abduction syndrome? I went to turn a light, and the light blew. Walk down a street and the lights came on. I I can't have a computer, but I touch the computer, it blows. That's right. And that has been one of the, uh, we'll say, complaints of abductees going back at least to the end of the 70s, the early 80s, that they would cause surges, interferences in their own equipment. And uh, I've known one abductee, uh, he couldn't have computers, he couldn't have, if he had a toaster, and touched the toaster, it would fry out. So consistent so after his recall abduction experience. Well, and he was having literally beta conscious, being totally awake in bed, this is the Jim Sparks story, one <laughs> of the few, where the hologram would come into the area at first he was scared and then he began to accept it. it was constant. And if it were an owl, he was going to be taken uh, to, into a craft to learn a language that was alien next to ABC letters that were English, numbers that were alien next to numbers that we knew one, two, three, four in Arabic. So the owl would come as a hologram and he knew he's going to school. And then there would be another figure and it would mean. was going to be doing something else so he was completely conscious and would describe that he waited for a vibration his whole body would begin to vibrate and then he was totally conscious as he rose from his bed went out through the ceiling he's one of these people that said it would be like a million feathers as you go through matter And be totally conscious that he's dealing, in this case, with EBANS. The EBANS would be the ones that have the pear-shaped heads, extremely powerful. EBANS. That's the the acronym the government has used since the end of the 40s for extraterrestrial biological entity. I had never heard that. Yes. That acronym has been in documents going all the way back after World War II. And so the government calls them EBANS. People in the abduction call them evens. Uh, We who have investigated refer to them. That's a particular type. Uh, One man that I interviewed uh, back in the 80s who worked in an agency was actively working. He said, we know that the evens can do anything. They can move through time. They can move through dimensions. They have even tried going through a black hole. We're dealing with masters of the universe, but whatever it is that the ebens are doing in terms of planetary seeding experiments, of which Earth is one, they have foes, if you talk about allies and enemies. So, the, the people that I've talked to really have some kind of first-hand information set it up that there is a triangulation of geopolitical territorial conflict this planet. Mm-hmm. The Evens are one group, the Tall Nordics are one group, and a reptilian group. And that those three have their own agendas, do not get along, so that now the complexity of the chessboard is, if somebody is reporting that they are having a buzzing sound, a beam is coming into their room, and they lose time, the first questions that have to be asked today: Do you have any memory of what was in front of you? Do you have any memory of your next exact consciousness of any kind of a room? Because ships are different, the rooms are different, uniforms are different, the way they appear are different. So the complexity of today in trying to understand a phrase that somebody working in our government would say. My job was to monitor and analyze the geopolitical territorial conflict, three different extraterrestrial biological entities interacting with this planet. And then add to that, Linda, the government has proof that at least one of these has been here on this planet terraforming and harvesting genetic material for 270 million years. And I remember saying to this man, well, sir, that's long before the dinosaurs. There were no, no dinosaurs. dinosaurs on Earth before 235, 240 million years. Said so that's right. One of these groups made the dinosaurs. Jump all the way back to April 9, 1983, when I was starting on the production of the HBO special that we were calling UFOs: The ET Factor. And I'm shown at Curlin Air Force Base in Albuquerque on a production trip where I was uh, developing the script. It was an alleged briefing paper of the President of the United States, which later people said was Jimmy Carter, but he didn't say that on this. But it it went into sentences such as, These extraterrestrial biological entities manipulated DNA and already evolving primates to create Homo sapiens. All questions and mysteries about the evolution of humans on this planet have been answered and this project is closed. A definitive bottom line, we, the Neanderthals, all the way back to Lucy 2 million years ago, these were DNA manipulations by extraterrestrials. So we are somebody else's smart animal. Yeah. And we've been through all these different models. Why? Why have they made all these different models? And we come up to what is becoming the drumbeat of 2016 everywhere, no matter whether its investigators or people in the dungeon. What are we humans? What are we? What are we? Why are there five races? Why are there now all these discussions of hybrids? What is big game picture here? And if the evens, the ones with the heads that have are shaped like a pear, which is very important, there's another group that comes down like this to a plane. of very different, the blondes, the reptilians, if there are geopolitical territorial conflicts and they make all these different androids that come in all of these different shapes to do different work, then what was the assignment inside of the people on the massage tables? What were those androids doing inside of those particular people? Mm -hmm. What was the relationship of the people who were doing the massage to this whole phenomenon where some people are aware and remember missing time episodes and other people don't seem to have any consciousness of what they do about. They have tremendous fear of going to sleep in a dark night. It's estimated that there may be 2 or 3 million people in the United States that cannot go to sleep mm. in a dark room? Mm-hmm. Are they all but uh, Perhaps. There are other areas where people a sound, a particular button. They can't tolerate it. If a machine that they bought makes this sound, they can't use the machine. And the physical evidence of an alien presence so huge in the animal relations. Yeah, what I personally have investigated with physical medical people, we, we're dealing with ranchers who've seen beams of light, and down in the pasture, and seeing animal eyes or We are so far past the question is there other life? Are there non humans interacting with this planet? So now, what we need to do is to take this seriously get past that we're alone in the universe right. and address. What are we humans if we are somebody else's animals? What is our relationship to ourselves and to them? And what is the big box and changes?
0: Yeah. And those are big questions, all of them. My goodness. I'm so glad you brought that up. When that you know we you obviously interface with so many people and but perhaps there People that know you, but I'm sure you also run into people that may not know you because they don't entrench themselves in this kind of information. I know I have and, and but once they find out that I'm in this line of work, the first thing out of their mouths is the 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 universe is just too big. There has to be life elsewhere. And I say, Yes, absolutely, but we must get past that fundamental epiphany because and go into and that's why I, th- I think the, again coming back to the experiencer aspect, that focal point on yeah. this big picture, they're the only ones, who have had they're, close the only the ones. they're the only yeah. ones so you're right and I, I so applaud your tenacity and really helping to graduate people into a more intellectual discussion Taking that woo-woo out of the equation, it's too late for that. It's very naive in my, from my um, own standpoint. And the media has to stop yeah. the old, neater, mm-hmm. ridicule. Absolutely. Uh, this is serious. And it's just, the,
1: the chuckle factor. Our entire fate in the next
0: few decades of this century it'd be in the hands of non-humans. Yes. You're, I think you're absolutely right. I think we're going to have to leave it there. All right. But that's a cliffhanger, everyone, because I'm right. going to ask on camera and put you on the spot. Would you come back and let me do a part two oh, with you? I would love to. And I'd love to do it in, in your physical presence, but we'll probably have to do it on Skype. That would but be I want a to get fun. into. there's just we're not doing this justice by uh, making this a half-hour interview because it's just too, too needy that's thousands of facets. Absolutely. Yeah. Absolutely so much my dear dear. I appreciate you and again congratulations to Linda Moulton Howe on her well deserved Lifetime Achievement Award thanks so much everyone for tuning in it's clear that Linda's persistence in the investigation of the breadth and scope of non-human intelligence is unmatched fortunately due in part to that persistence she's made the subject far more approachable for many individuals who perhaps would have never discussed such things I hope you'll stay tuned to Higher Journeys Radio for part two of this incredible discussion, which we plan to bring to you in the coming weeks. In the meantime, if you haven't already, I encourage you to visit Linda's website at earthfiles.com to get a fascinating look at all of the various cases and witness testimony she's amassed over the years. As always, I thank you for taking the time to tune in to Higher Journeys Radio, brought to you in association with ConsciousLifeNews.com. Until next time, I'm your host, Alexis Brooks. Thank